What's happening, Hardscapers? Welcome back to another I Am A Hardscaper Roundtable Rally, where we bring back returning guests from the I Am A Hardscaper series, guests that have been on the one-on-one -on -one interview, the roundtable, and now we do the roundtable rallies. And today we talk about equipment, a very popular topic, and we have returning guests, Chad from Natural Design Landscapes and Evan of Pride Hardscape to talk about equipment, their philosophy around purchasing equipment, how they make their numbers work with equipment, and so much more. And if you need a team of bookkeepers, accountants, or CFO services, check out CycleCPA at CycleCPA.com and get $200 off when you mention the How to Hardscape podcast. We'll be talking more about them later in this episode, as well as we want to say thank you to a new sponsor, In Light Outdoor Lighting. They have low voltage outdoor lighting solutions for your projects and check them out at Inlight Design on Instagram and we'll be talking more about them later in this episode as well. And without further ado, let's get into this. What's happening, Hardscapers? Today I'm joined by two returning guests for this nice intimate roundtable experience here. We've got Chad of Natural Design Landscapes and Evan of Pride Hardscape. Guys, thanks so much for joining us here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, Mike. And these are two guests that are perfect for this conversation, uh, revolving around equipment, but we can really touch on anything. Uh, this kind of was prompted by actually a purchase that Chad made recently. And it's interesting because on our last round table, Chad made uh, a decision that, you know what, he wasn't going to purchase any more equipment uh, coming up. And then fast forward a few weeks later, and he's made a, a fairly decent sized purchase. So Chad, let's get into this. Kind of just like pick your brain about why you went ahead, you pulled this trigger. Was this more of like an opportunity that arose? Or was this something that you were trying to fill and decided to push it off? Talk to us about this a bit. Okay, well, first of all, thanks for making a liar out of me. <laughs> the first words in the conversation, I guess. Um, yeah, I said I wasn't going to buy anything. And uh, knock on wood, we just bought an old triaxle hook lift truck, um, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, nothing's done until it's landed at the yard, but uh, it should be here next week if all goes well. Um, basically, it was what I'd like to think is the deal of the century. We got a, a great, great deal on it. Um, and I mean, I can't say that until it's landed and we've had a look over and, and, uh, that's definitely the right truck for us, but, um, cost was a huge thing. Uh, it was, it fit perfectly snug right where we wanted it to be as far as, as cost goes. Um, I've always, always wanted a hook lift truck. So, uh, that was huge for me. Um, this one has a uh, crane on it which is even cooler because it'll help a lot with tree work. Um, it can actually lift pallets of brick out of the truck and drop them not too far away, which is nice too. Uh, not that we'll be doing that more often, but um, that and yeah, I mean, it, it just seemed like the right fit for now, at least for the direction that we're headed in our landscape. Company. Nice. So is this, um, was this something that has always been on your mind about purchasing and like, it was just like an opportunistic time to purchase it. Or was this something that you have recently decided to kind of uh, move your business towards? For the last, I want to say eight years or something. I've always said, I'm going to have a hook truck. I'm going to have a hook truck. Um, I just think they're phenomenal. Like the Swiss army knife of truck. Right. Um, but uh, I was always seeing them come up for like a hundred grand and, and in and around that. And um, I was nervous to pull the trigger on anything that, that cost that much, I guess. Uh, so something came in considerably cheaper than that. I guess the guy is moving to Florida, which is maybe a dream for all of us getting out of Ontario. And um, so, so the truck is for sale for what I thought was pretty reasonable. Um, so pulled the trigger on that. But uh, like I say, I've always, 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 as far back as I can remember in my professional landscape career, thought a hook, a hook truck would be a great fit for the company. Evan, you've never been one to shy away from a, an equipment purchase uh, as you yourself at Pride Hardscape. Um, 
is a hooklift truck in your future at any point in time? Or what would be, I, I would say, the next purchase for Pride Hardscape? Um, well, we have a brand new Sani coming, not the, we have brand new six ton, uh, Sani coming. It's going to be here. Uh, first, uh, purchase, we actually purchased cash. So that was a huge, uh, awesome miss for us to purchase some cash and it's going to be here, I believe within a week. Uh, so that will be here. And then I think I'm going to hold off on purchasing stuff and actually, uh, keep to my word, uh, just give me crap. <laughs> I don't know. I'm uh, I'm definitely, I'm actually thinking about starting. It's crazy about the hook lifts is uh, innovate as I believe how you say they're up in um, and they do have a bunch of dumpsters. They rent kind of like paper King. Well, where we're at the dumpster company only rents a five yard or 30 yarder. There's no in-betweens. There's no 10 yarders, 12 yards. You can't rent any of those where we live within 75 miles. So I'm actually and invest in another business with a business partner next year. And we're buying two hook lift trucks and we're buying 20 bins, few flatbeds. And we're going to be starting that next year. Hopefully by July is my goal. So yeah, that's, and I then also when we drop those bins, it has our advertising for our hardscape at the, all these homes that are getting remodeled and new construction. And they're going to see pride hardscape emblems. They're going to see that in the, you know, we're going to incorporate it. We're not going to call it that. We haven't figured that out yet, but I think it's a really cool truck to have. I mean, literally you can drop bends off and load and take, and there's no waiting. There's no downtime. And just seeing how everybody rents them also is that kind of inspired me to figure it out. But also those trucks are expensive. I mean, a brand new hook left truck all built is 135 to 145 grand right now for a triaxle, you know, actual, like, and that's no beds. That's just a hook lift in the truck. That's no bends. So it's a big investment, but I think in the long run, it's worth it. Um, but yeah, we're, our goal this year is actually debt free. <laughs> so yeah, that's my, I'm, that's why I, the Sani was great. We have been demoing that Sani. It dug out a pool in three hours. It normally takes me 12 hours in a five to six ton machine. So that was incredible, but it's a 130 grand purchase too. And I don't, don't see the return like a hook lift would give us for that, um, for that amount, you know, like, cause we would use literally, we only have three pools on the books for next year. So maybe if I was doing like 15 to 20 pools a year, I think it'd be a good investment. Uh, but we're not doing that equipment where I can just charge for that rental for those bigger pools if I want to and have it delivered for one day for, you know, one week for 2,500 bucks. Um, but it was cool running that nice 10 ton machine. I mean, it was, you get in those big machines, you don't get bumped as round as much and you don't get beat up as much in them too. So it was, it was pretty cool digging in sisters too and not hitting any rock. Everybody was really mad at me for that. That was over there. Like, how did you not hit any rock? Like both pool digouts. So yeah, I think hook lift trucks though are great. I think it's an awesome invent. I mean, Chad, you, that thing looks like a beast mode. It fits your company very well and your branding. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a monster. Um, so here in Ontario, um, we have to have what's called a spiff axle, I guess, right now. So if you have a triaxle, um, the axle has to either lift or turn or whatever it is. I'm not up to date on it right now. But um, so everything that's probably older than 2012-ish, wouldn't have a spiff so that axle right behind the behind the drive or the uh the steer axle either has to come off or get converted which is like it can cost up to like 20 grand to do right so um i might have to pull that second axle off and just run it as a tandem this year and we might only be able to get like six or seven tons in it for this year but uh we'll We'll rebuild the truck as we need to, I think. Uh, it's a nice older pre-emissions truck. Um, mechanic says everything's pretty great. So it should be neat. Should be neat to, to build I mean, it back with us. Still six to seven tons. It's still 12 to 14. I mean, you know what I mean? That's, you know, that's still, yeah. you know, it's still getting your weight. But at the same time, yeah, it would be nice to be able to have that triaxle for sure when you're Yeah, home. for sure. And I mean, it's nice for us to... The reason that we bought it, we're not necessarily a bin company. My partner has his own separate bin company. Um, 
and coincidentally our bins are going to fit his trucks and, and vice versa. So that's nice. But um, it's more just for us, right? Like I'm so sick of waiting like three hours for topsoil deliveries and stuff. And I'll have four guys waiting around on standing rakes up and not being able to do anything. So it'd be nice to get those first couple loads on our own in the morning and uh, get the guys producing that much quicker. Um, also floating equipment. We don't necessarily need to tow a trailer around anymore. We can pit either the four ton shovel and a skid steer on a flat deck with that truck or a couple pieces of smaller equipment, but it should help a lot with the uh, mobilize and demobile. Yeah, our, our Mack truck that we bought this year, that thing, it hauls 6.5 tons under 26,000. <clears> so we had it kind of custom made a little bit lighter duty bed. Um, so it would, can't really hold boulders and stuff, but the, you can hold 6.5 tons with under 26, which means we don't have to have a CDL. So where we're at, you know, us in America have that CDL, you know. Uh, the dreaded CDL that all you guys talk about that, I don't quite grasp all that much and I don't think it's quite as complicated up here, but, uh, it seems yeah. pretty nasty. Yeah. It's not, it's not the funnest, but we, that truck being able to have that, like my guys did a dig out the other day where it was just tight access and a big truck couldn't get in there and dumped, you know, and it hauled uh, 65 yards of soil that day and dumped 35 yards of gravel in one day. You know, we had yeah. short, short runs, you know, we only had 10, 12 minute runs. We were running where we were dumping, but, yeah, that thing has so nice when you like can't get trucking for that day, and you just yeah. have your own truck. Even if you have to run it all day and have one guy run it, you're still having progress on your job site. Yeah, yeah, you can't put a price on the progress that you you get. No, no, and luckily where I'm at, I really have the rock quarry and everywhere where I get soil and rock. All my friends from high school run those pits, so it's nice to have right that. Connection. Like I, I literally went to Central Oregon, and I'm like. Oh crap, we dug this pool in three hours. I need gravel. So I called the knife, I called the knife river. I'm like, hey, I need gravel tomorrow. And they like laughed at me. They're like, who are you? Like, we don't know who you are. You're not in here. So I was like, well, hey, call Billy from Corvallis. He'll tell you to get me gravel here tomorrow. Like I like use my buddy from three hours away. Shit you not. I get a phone call back. Uh 35 minutes later, we'll have you 60 yards tomorrow morning. Beauty. So I would like, like, it's, it's funny. It's still Oregon. Oregon's still a pretty small place. If you think about the whereabouts where we're at, but we're only three hours away, but it's still all the same quarries, like all over the area. It's all knife river. And there's all like, there's only a few big quarries and they're all over within two hours of all of Oregon. Really? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of nice to have that, but that five and six yarder, man, we've already put seven months and we've put 15,000 miles on it. I love, I'm a big fan of a, a heavy single axle truck. I think they're, they have the right pep and um, you can carry a little more than like a 550 or whatever, right? So, yeah, uh, it does, yeah, it doesn't sound like it's going to break when it has a full five yard. Yeah, yeah you're, you can abuse them a little more. Not that we abuse our, our stuff, but uh, you can put them through a little more. My guys call our um, big single axle donkey because it'll just take whatever you put in it and it's not going to complain in that truck. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, sometimes that truck has eight eight yards in it on dig out for sure, <laughs> eight tons at least. But yeah, that uh, it's a they're a good investment. But I mean, like I said, everything is so expensive right now. So for you to find a good deal that's in your price range, like yeah, I tell people right now, it's like if you can find a good deal, then get it. But if you're paying fifteen to twenty grand what you weren't going to pay two years ago, just wait. Yeah, just wait. Like I know it's not like the sky is falling whenever I talk about like hold on to your money and stuff like these times aren't going to stick around like there's no reason to be i think right now to be paying 20 grand more for a machine or 30 grand or 40 grand um right now anyway i think yeah i mean that machine i ordered sandy was three months ago and luckily you know the pricing was still like i think it was like six thousand more dollars from last year so yeah. it didn't, didn't jump that much for like that size machine but like the trucks I feel like right now are just outrageous. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So Mike, when are you going to buy some equipment? Man, that's a great question. And, uh, uh, it's coming. I'm sure I'm just waiting for the right time right now, but 
that, that leads me to my next question about you guys and your philosophy from each stage of your business and why you decided to go with the piece of equipment at the time that you did. Was it a matter of fulfilling a need at that time in your business or was it a matter of finding an opportunity that you were going to move your business towards and purchasing that equipment to fulfill that opportunity or has it changed throughout the the lifetime of your business let's get into kind of like philosophy behind going ahead and pulling the trigger and purchasing that piece of equipment whether or not your business was quite ready for it at the time so you talking about like our first person equipment, like starting out or like just any, I mean, all, any, at any point in time, like anything from, you know, pulling that, that trigger on that, uh, that, uh, tilterator or, or just, you know, that, that excavator or whatever it might be at any time in your business. Like, why did you go ahead with that purchase, uh, and your philosophy behind that and, and kind of, was it a matter of knowing your numbers and really calculating that to understand it, to make it sense, make sense or was it a matter of, you know what, you knew you had this work on, on the schedule that this machine could fulfill? Just what's your guys' philosophy behind making these decisions at each, you know, key point in time in your business? Uh, I'll start out, but I mean, mainly, honestly, for machines to me is you have to make sure they're working. So a key purchase to me is I look at like our first purchase was a Sani 8,000 pound machine uh, excavator uh, four years ago. And I'll start with that is we rented it the year before for $32,000 for the year. Wow. So to me, yeah, right. Wow. Holy right. Shit. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when I, that was when I first started this and I got those bills and I was like, holy shit, I just bought an excavator. Like I literally just bought an excavator, the rental yard just bought an excavator off me. And I, that's when my was like, okay. My business is just starting. I don't have good business credit. I got, you know, half of this money down, but I can't rent this again for a year and not have this. So, so I went and I talked to Sandy and luckily enough, I was able to find a machine I could afford and I was able to put about half down and I paid it off in the first year because I literally was charging all my clients the rental fee of the machine like they were charging me and I was able to pay it off just like that. Um, but I think it is if you're renting it more and more and using it on a daily basis, you've got to be using those machines. So a purchase to me, you cannot let machines sit. I mean, obviously you guys have long winters, so yeah. it's a little different. But if I see a machine that's sitting for three months and only put like a hundred hours on it, bye. It's it's not the right fit for what we need right now. Um, we've outgrown that. So like I just sold my eight thousand pound machine, our first machine. I just sold it because it was just loading materials at the yard. That's all it was doing, which is nice. Don't get me wrong, but a, really a loader is what we need at the yard. We don't need an excavator. We need a loader with a forks. So that money is going to be going towards finding a used, uh, you know, smaller loader. So then we can use it to load our gravel, load our boulders, and have all that there. Um, but I think is the main thing is you can't let it sit. Like, <laughs> I can't, sometimes when you don't see a machine move right now, there's a machine around our job site. Their skid steer has been there for three weeks and it hasn't moved. Just like that stuff storing at your yard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't get me started on that. Yeah, but, right. but the power company has all the money in the world. There. They're not worried about these, these things. Yeah. But no, yeah. But, I, mean, uh, I, said with this, I mean, making sure that you're going to use it like the grappler we bought for the tilt rotator. Yeah. I have a bunch of boulder walls coming up. And literally, I cut my build time down in half with a grappler on right. a bull wall, like, you know, not using a claw, slapping it around. And so that grappler was paid off in the first three jobs. Exactly, so what, exactly what you want to see, right? Like, and you, your price for the job ne won't necessarily go down, right? You're just oh. being more productive. It goes up yeah, because that's you have, exactly it, right? You, you like, have will come out and say, you built the, that set of steps in a day like why is it twelve thousand dollars and i'll say because it would have taken anybody else a week to do and i have ten thousand dollars a ten thousand dollar bucket that flips around and fills back fills the wall a lot quicker right like it just yeah i mean it's it, yeah i mean literally it that's and that's when they see it they'd be like okay yeah it's really cool you built that in a day but yeah. a long time that would have took anybody else two weeks to do without equipment and 
it wouldn't have been as efficient. It would have been a shit show, you know? So, but yeah, I mean, making sure I feel like you have to have the work lined out for your equipment. Like that's why I'm not purchasing that bigger Sani. I don't think we have the right amount of work, even though I want it, but I don't think we have Mm -hmm. the right amount of work lined out. And that's why I went and bought a six ton machine. Um, I think that can be a better machine for us to have with a steel wrist than having that big one. Cause I don't even have a CDL yet. We can't even transport the thing. Yeah. So why would I buy it? Like, so, but again, like Mulder outdoors, he has it transported. It's probably only cost him maybe a couple thousand dollars a year, but he's got huge jobs. I'd be moving it like six or seven times. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I'll play the opposite side of that a little bit. Um, so I started heavily into commercial probably four or five years ago now. And um, I was running like a little landscape company. We had a four ton shovel. Uh, we had just bought a skid steer, um, a track skid steer. And um, all of a sudden these RFQs, which if you don't know, request for a quote, come in from these big GCs, like these civil guys and stuff, right? And they want to do 5,000 meters of boulevard restoration where we're putting in topsoil and sod. And I got a landscape crew of three guys and a skid steer that could maybe do it, you know, but it's going to take a long time and it's going to kick the piss out of the tracks and we're going to have a hard time. So I did the job. Anyway, if you say no to these things, they, the opportunity goes away and you don't necessarily get it back. Right. My yep. old boss, uh, was pretty influential with me. He would say, bid the job. If you get it, then you'll figure out how you're going to do it. So you get the job. All of a sudden I need a backhoe, at least a backhoe to move this much soil. Right. So we bought an old backhoe, 25 grand, uh, probably one of the best purchases we ever made cash. Um, no, fin- no finance on that. Uh, put the backhoe to work, realized we made some pretty good money on that job. And the GC just kept calling, right? Like, oh, we saw what you did here for this guy. We want you to price this for us and this for us. And so we just sort of snowballed from there, right? Like last year we were doing a topsoil job and, um, the client, <laughs> client called, well, the GC called me up. First thing in the morning is what the hell your backhoe is leaking diesel all over the, all over the road. Your operator forgot to put the fuel cap back on. He's running it. Like he's, you put a rag in there, get down here with the fuel cap. Like great. My guys are cowboys. So run down there. said, don't worry. It won't happen again. I'm like, yeah, I understand. Whatever. Turn around. By the end of that season, we had a brand new loader um, just to take some of the pressure off the backhoe. Right. And, I feel like we're buying this new equipment to take the pressure off some of the older stuff or uh, just because we need it to grow to the next step. And we're not, we're not over leveraging ourselves by any means, but um, to me, my mentality always has been, if you're not growing or keeping pace with the work that's coming in, uh, it's going to swallow you and, you won't be able to do any of it, right? So as the jobs get bigger, the equipment gets bigger. Um, and I'm not as afraid of risk as I maybe was whenever I started out. So you gotta, I mean, risk is the whole part of it. Who Like that's that's the adrenaline rush for me. I mean, like, taking, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean, taking risks and going and doing stuff, that's what, if you're staying in the same place, you're staying stagnant. Yeah. You know? You're, you don't win first place by staying stagnant. I mean, that's so you don't you don't sit in a lake and not row unless you're fishing, right? So like, you, don't just, you don't just sit there. I, mean, I don't want to say that. Um, like we're taking risk, right? But it's yeah, they're calculated risks for sure. And I want to add to that, like it's mitigated risk, right? Like so, we when we bought our loader, um. They're like, how much you want to put down? I said, I want to put 20% down or whatever, right? Because if I'm going to go bankrupt or whatever, knock on wood, not chance in hell, but um, if things are going to go bad, I can sell that machine for more than what I owe on it, right? Like, I want to know that I'm going to get a return on that machine, um, even though I may have spent a lot of money to get it. I'm still going to get 10 grand, 15, 20, 25, 
sometimes 40 grand back on my machine uh, because I'm not at a place where I leverage the whole cost of the machine, right? So like uh, our shovel uh, paid the tilt rotator in full uh, finance half of the machine, right? So we got a little payment on there, a little payment on everything. If we have to sell all these things, we'll get back more money than what we owe on them for sure. And our, our income for the year allows us to flow double the cost of the machine, if that makes sense. Um, so we're taking in much more and we can afford to make at least two years payments on the machine um, if, if all the work dries up. So um, you have it in, you having it in a, like an advanced, like, Hey, this is, you know, if, if it does dry up, like everything's saying, it does stop going and you have to get rid of some equipment, you're still able to pay what you need to, or, or just pay them all for two years and it booms back up and you're good. Yeah. Right. So like we're mitigating our risk and everything. Um, yeah. I'd love to say we could pay everything cash, but in my business, I need such high operating costs. Um, that I can't afford to spend a hundred grand on a machine and not, uh, and not have that money in the bank. Right. Because at any given time, we could have half a million dollars in, uh, materials out to GCs that we're not going to see for 60 to 90 days. Yeah. So you're having that payment. I mean, I mean, this was my first, I'll have to tell you truthfully, this is my first, uh, the purchase that we have the first one cash for equipment. All the other ones we put half down and financed. Yeah. It was just because I could afford the, I mean, I bought the other sanding we bought. It was, you know, it was, I think in total, it was $90,000 with the tilt rotator. And it was just kind of like, well, do we have the payment or we just, is this the only thing we're going to buy this year? And I was like, this is, I kind of made myself buy it. So then <laughs> didn't so buy it. it. I didn't split the payment up and did something else because I don't want to expand any more than where we're at right now. I am. I feel in a very good comfort zone where I'm at uh, work-wise and with, you know, my, my foreman's and equipment and everything where I don't feel like my equipment's sitting. We are trading in our SK 800. Uh, our new SK 1550 comes in here pretty soon. Um, every job we seem to be doing now, we're taking out fence panels anyways to get the excavators in. So it, to me, the SK 1550 is still our number one, um, machine that we're going to have that sk 1550 is i believe hands down the the best mini ditch which there is or mini skid steer there is a full-size skid we still only rented three thousand dollars last year so i don't see a point to purchase a full-size skid yet because a lot of our soil is staying on our job sites for our pools too which is nice we're not hauling out 190 yards of soil we're actually keeping it all there um if we want to go maybe a little into uh, best purchases ever, I guess, or yeah. ones that sort of started the whole ball, I definitely say my mini skid is, uh, has helped me grow the most as far as going from kid contractor to uh, the real deal, right? Like all of a sudden we weren't filling wheelbarrows anymore, which is I think the absolute worst thing that any landscape company can do is fill a wheelbarrow with a shovel like i think it's just insane how much productivity you lose by filling a wheelbarrow with a shovel yeah i mean you're shovel yeah i mean even if you're filling a buggy whatever it is i mean you're to me a buggy and a like if you're doing smaller projects a mini skid and a buggy is your and a and a uh uh to a four thousand pound excavator if i had to go it all over again to start my business everything over again I would buy an SK 1550, a buggy, and a 4,000-pound excavator. Yeah. Those that, are is, that is lethal. Like, that is a lethal combination. That's absolutely big. We also want to say thank you to Inlight for sponsoring today's episode. Did you know that one of the easiest ways to grow your hardscape business and increase your revenue is by incorporating low-voltage outdoor lighting to your projects? Using lighting can take your projects to the next level, make you more profit, and add that wow factor and make your business stand out. As a professional hardscaper, we know you need reliable and high quality products to avoid callbacks and wasted time on job sites. That's why Inlight offers some of the highest quality lights and is the quickest system to install on the market. Their patented easy lock connector ensures that lighting will be the easiest thing you install every time. 
No heavy lifting, no massive machinery, just plug and play. Not only that, but InLight also provides many educational resources like online and in-person training, installation videos, unbeatable customer support, and more. Everything you need to successfully take your business to the next level with outdoor lighting and beyond. It's one of the many reasons why I stand behind InLight and many other companies that provide these educational resources to their clients, to contractors, and to help us grow our businesses. So for more information on how InLight can help grow your business, check them out on Instagram at InLightDesign. That's at I-N-L-I-T-E Design on Instagram. DM them to find out how to put more money in your pocket this season. We also want to say thank you to our sponsor, Cycle CPA. In order to make a profit this year, it is crucial to have an accurate accounting system in your business. Increased materials, fuel, and other costs will make it important to monitor your financial reports regularly. Without having this data each month, you won't know necessary changes in pricing or processes that may need to be made. At CycleCPA, they not only handle the bookkeeping, but also provide landscape and hardscape industry benchmarking, job costing, financials by service line, advisory meetings, and much more. Cycle CPA's team of accountants can do anything from bookkeeping to CFO services, and they are specialized within the hardscape and landscape industry. Visit CycleCPA.com and for $200 off, mention the How to Hardscape podcast. Now back to our episode. So what what if what if you could only do a mini skid steer or an X, a mini X and a buggy like one of those two? What would you do? Oh, God. So mini skid steer or a uh, mini X and buggy. I'd have to say mini skid steer and buggy because you can no, still- no, just only mini skid steer. Oh, yeah, I would go mini skid steer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would. Yep, because so, you, can, you can lift pallets. You have all those attachments. Everything's there. Yeah, mini SK yeah, mini SK fifteen fifty yeah. though. Nothing else. <laughs> I don't know. I like my Bobcat, and I don't like Bobcat anything, but. My MT100 has been pretty great. It can't lift a full skid. I mean, it lifts a thousand pounds or yeah, lift a thousand pounds, which is good for us. Um, yeah, but we don't have a, a Vermeer dealer or a, a ditch witch around or anything like that. Right. So we're sort of, our hands are tied for that. But, um, one thing I don't think any of the buggy guys are talking about is the fact that you can get like a big hopper that goes on the front of your mini skid. that has got like one wheel and it'll take a, a yard of material and deliver it to the backyard or whatever. It won't sideways dump it or anything like that, but it's a good compromise for maybe like three grand, you know, oh, it goes, goes on front of your mini skid. Yeah. Yeah. I got one last year from a, another contractor and we use it to mix concrete, like right in the hopper. So, uh, um, I think that's pretty neat. Like if a buggy costs 20 grand and this little, uh, yeah. this little basket carries, a, a yard or whatever and it costs three grand like i think that's that's an all right yeah and that's what i think about it i think the hook lift truck too i think that's what's cool about that you can drop the bends and like that our buggy usage is that's why i feel like the hook lifts would be great too because we can buggy them right into the back right now we're doing a dump trailer sometimes on our smaller jobs which is kind of dangerous i mean it's not the safest thing to do if you don't have a person that's good on that buggy they could get bunking and bronco like a cowboy you know and yeah, get flown off so you still run a dump trailer? Um, when we do the tight jobs, I still run my big gooseneck. Like when we do our tighter jobs, yeah. I do, uh, and then, cause it hauls seven yards. Yeah. It's a big, it's a 20,000 pound dump trailer. And yes, I, I, I it's in between scale hopping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, uh, we scale hop on those. I mean, yeah, but yeah, the dump trailer. Then also when I do boulders. I like to beat up the dump trailer not to beat up my nice dump yeah. truck. I try not to put boulders in the mat truck too much. Yeah. Um, we do it, but I try not to, but yeah, I mean the buggy, we have to dump it and we're dumping it on the street and loading it. So we are moving soil twice technically. Yeah. You know, so sometimes the, you definitely have to calculate for that because you are moving it twice. It's not as much because you have your excavator out front, just loading as you go, but it's, a, yeah. uh, you know, it is definitely moving it twice for sure. But that front buggy, I have to look at that. So it just goes right on like a, your attachment, like at any attachment. Yeah. Yeah. It's got one wheel. It takes most of the load off there because obviously a, a mini skid can't haul a yard of material at a time. Um, 
and it'll dump just forward. It won't dump to the side or anything like that. But um, productive if you're yeah. just trying to get material into the backyard, or even like a what do they call those things? Like a material basket oh, or whatever. Big. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they're picking out of them with their with their steel wrist and stuff like that, right? So how to do the yeah. trick good there. Andy just Andy just got one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right out of it has a wheel, and I think it's just same as you're talking about. But he yeah. had full side skid steer, full side. Yeah, steer. yeah, basically same thing, right? So a yep. bedding bucket or something like that. Whatever. Yeah, you're, yeah, bedding bucket. You nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> that would be neat. Like, I mean, it's just a smaller version of that. Right? Let's get into pricing for equipment, pricing a job for equipment, because this has actually come up uh, a few times in my conversations with some other contractors. And do you guys have a philosophy on pricing a, a project, especially if it's maybe a project that you won't be using a particular piece of equipment for. Do you still price that that piece of equipment into the job? Like when you're pricing a project, you choose the equipment that's going to be on that project and price those pieces of equipment only into the project? Or do you have a like a lump equipment, you know, price based on your your daily you know, rate that goes on to every job, no matter what piece of equipment you're using. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have different rates for different equipments. So if we're going to bring a bigger machine there, like our five or new six ton Sani, um, I calculate the fuel it's using per hour. I calculate the, uh, per hour, perhaps for maintenance, what it costs per hour. And then also the charge time for the person operating it. Um, obviously I, I can't really change the operating charge because if one person's more skilled or not, I don't know who's on the machine. Um, but I definitely charge per machine for what it's cost. The only thing I don't charge for is the buggy. Cause that's a wheelbarrow to me. Like that's, <laughs> that's our normal tool that we have. And sometimes the mini ditch, which if we're only going to use it to move a few pallets, like just to unload a truck, I don't put it in the bid because it's, it's going to go there anyways, but it definitely you want to make sure you're charging for definitely the, all the machines while they're there per hour. I mean, you and I calculate that in my bid. So if I'm using it for 15 hours, I calculate 15 hours in the bid at $250 an hour, whatever it is for that machine for that job. And I also charge for pickup and delivery. So that's a huge thing I don't think people do. Also, they forget about is uh, delivery time. I mean, I spend two hours to deliver a piece of machine. So that's, if I'm charging 120 hours for normally when we go out, why am I not charging $250 an hour or to deliver the machine, you know? So uh, we charge for pickup and delivery. A lot of customers question that $500 surcharge up top. They go, why are we getting charged for the equipment? I go, well, it takes me time to pick up and deliver equipment. So, and I just explain it to them. They usually, they don't like it, but they sign the contract. <laughs> do you itemize that for them? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I do. I, I, I'm, I think we do my bids a little bit different than everybody, honestly, man. Um, I'm very personal with my bids. Like I literally lay out the, every 20 step process we are doing and explain how many inches of gravel we're putting in, what we're compacting with, what size compactor we're using. Like I get really, cause a lot of these people don't understand like, they're getting these quotes that are going left and right. So I explained to them, this is the machines we're using. This is what's going to be here. And so I'm, you know, I do itemize that out for them for sure. And I don't know if I should or not, but it's the way I'm doing it. And we're still getting bigger and bigger contracts. Not to stick on that point so much, but do, do you find clients appreciate that? 120%. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I've gotten people say they've, the one bid they got was one page long and mine was three and a half pages long. And it, but also it was $20,000 higher. So I go, Oh, $5,000 a page. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, but no, they really do because they don't, the other companies aren't telling them what they're, how they're installing it. So it would take them to go look up your website or go look up research and be like, how do you install a retaining wall? Well, I just show them the Western Interlock catalog and I circle how you install it. And literally it shows the three foot of gravel backfill, the geo grid, the drainage and everything. So I'm pretty much taking that and kind of just putting it in my bid and they really like it. I mean, and our bids are getting bigger and bigger. So it's getting harder <laughs> to yeah. explain that much. That's where 
you know, when we're starting to get into these, you know, quarter million stuff, more like that and the half million dollar jobs, I'm definitely spending a lot of time doing that, but I'm also charging for that too. So I am putting that in my quote to charge for that. So. Gotcha. And Chad, do you have a philosophy on, on quoting with equipment? Like if a piece of equipment is just sitting, do you, do you still spread that out evenly onto, you know, every project that you're quoting? I know you do commercial work, so that's quite a bit different, but what about yourself? So this is where it gets sticky for me, right? Like I have mostly unit pricing for, um, commercial saw jobs and commercial interlock jobs and all this stuff. So basically we're uh, so much a meter for top on saw, so much a meter for interlock install, all this stuff. So it's all in my brain and it has to go um, into that unit price somewhere. So yes, our, our unit prices go up, but I have to also be careful that we're not losing the job because of uh, all this nice new equipment that has to get paid for. Right. So I can, I sort of pretend that I can mitigate it by splitting between residential and commercial. Um, in residential landscape jobs, we have um, basically an hourly rate for a three man crew. Um, and that includes whatever equipment we need to bring to the job. So, say I have uh, the four ton shovel and uh, the mini skid there with the three man crew. Well, I'm going to be this much an hour for those three guys and that machine or that package of machinery on site. Um, and do you, usually, do you usually charge per day or like for like per day in your bid, like, or do you charge like I'm average, like roughly no, like are you charge per day, just flat rate. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. So it's probably mostly per day, right? Like we, we're based on 10 hour days. We need to make this much an hour. Um, if we finish in half the time, obviously your price doesn't go down. We just, brought in the right equipment to do that job in half the time and we're on to the next one and hopefully doing the same thing, right? We're pushing uh, five day jobs into two and a half days because we brought the right equipment to do it. And um, we cover all our bases, like we cover all our equipment payment that way. I'd like to think at least, right? I'm not, I'm the worst guy when it comes to, to all this stuff, but our head's still above water and I think we're, we're doing pretty great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, shoot, dude, I started out with a wheelbarrows and a F nineteen eighty nine F two fifty truck, dude, and that was three and a half years ago. Yeah, well, obviously, you're doing something right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's uh, definitely. Uh, I mean, our clientele is pretty cool here too. So it's been pretty nice. We talked about uh, the best piece of equipment, at least for starting off. Let's end this interview off on uh, worst piece of equipment that you've purchased or not necessarily worst, but maybe a piece of equipment that you purchased and realized uh, maybe it just wasn't the right fit or maybe it just broke down on you too, one too many times. Or maybe you guys don't even have a worst piece of equipment that you've purchased at any given point in time in your business. But do you guys have one of those? Go for it, Chad. I don't want to hear yours. You've been uh, in business longer. I don't, I don't know if we really had anything that was a bomb for us. Like, uh, no, we bought our first dump truck that we ever bought was phenomenal. We bought it. We had it for probably eight years. We spent $3,000 fixing it and it cost us 10 grand. So it owed us nothing whenever we got rid of it. Um, I don't know. I can't, I bought a tractor a couple of years ago that we use for snow and we just don't do snow anymore. So, gotta sell the tractor but we're not taking a bath on it by any means we'll get uh more than what we owe on it as per my philosophy that we spoke about earlier um i really can't think of anything that was a complete bomb i had an old backhoe one time um i paid 10 grand for the backhoe i let one of my current employees use it while he was employed by my old boss and he went to lift the loader arms out of the pile and tore the loader arms right off the the backhoe. Um, but I mean, it was an old backhoe. So he just welded some plates on it. We sold it to some Chinese guy from Toronto for over what we paid for it new. So there's your analogy again, buy and pay, buy yeah, it. Yeah. That's what you get. For that, 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 that first Sandy I bought four years ago, I bought it for 28 and I sold it for 28 with 1100 hours on it. Ugh. 
that's <laughs> what, what more can you ask for, right? Like that's, <laughs> that's yeah, I get the ROI on that. It's insane how much yeah. pro- productivity that machine gave you and started my business it started my business literally that started my business i didn't want to let it go but at the same time it wasn't a good fit but i say my worst purchase was i bought that f450 dump truck like two years ago oh i got a great deal on it yeah and you bought a six liter no no it was seven three so it had the good engine in it it was a seven three it was the oh it was the oh yeah it was oh what it was it was seven three oh one it had the five speed i was like okay this is great. That's exactly what I had, but it yeah. was phenomenal. Yeah. So uh bought it for, I think it was 45 and we ended up putting uh 13 grand into it. Holy shit. Wow. And I sold it for 12 grand. So I definitely lost on it in a year and wow. a half. Yeah, it was. And that was when I realized manuals are not good for employees. <laughs> <laughs> um if i would have been driving it but i mean it was we went through clutches like it was just to kind of and i think there was something else going wrong like for us to go through that problem but we couldn't figure it out whatever but that was my worst i i will never buy a manual truck again for that reason unless it's a cdl driver truck or like a commercial truck that's going to have someone just driving that truck i don't think manuals are a good purchase for um companies in my opinion that have multiple employees yeah, that makes sense. That's yeah. just that's just me though. We don't have any manual trucks other than our big what would you what would you call CDL trucks? I guess like uh, our water truck and now this new hook lift and stuff. But uh, everything else is automatic. But I've never taken a bath like that either on equipment. Like dude, that was wild, dude. It was that was and it was down for six months. Wow. So a total of so it wasn't just downtime of lost. Yeah. Truck like money. It was downtime of like we weren't even like having a, another dump truck, and we were going back to a dump trailer, which that's a horrible thing to do. Don't buy dump trailers for your business, but unless you're going to tow them personally, because trailers cost a lot to fix. There's axles, there's brakes, there's tires, there's curbs, there's fenders, and people don't know how to back them up. So uh, you have, if you have employees, don't do dump trailers either. I'll agree with that. I don't love yeah. a dump trailer at all, but I find. One of the best things we did is maybe move away from dump trailers and get all little dump trucks instead. I think it's, yeah, it was a much better fit for us. Well, but, I mean, guys, starting you can't right like yeah, you can't bomb around in a little five-ton dump truck all week and then on your weekend picking up your girlfriend or whatever. Well, I mean, you could, but that's how I yeah, that's exactly that's exactly how it started. Yeah, big. I'm just nice, dude. I got all my titles to my truck now. So that's a nice feeling for me. That was a, that was a huge one. I got my last title last week. So that was nice. nice. We paid off one this winter and this new hook lift actually is going to be payment free, which is pretty cool. Oh yeah. You must got a good deal. Yeah. It was stupid. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like I say, it's not a deal until I get it here and everything works like I need it to. Is there a reasoning behind making, you know, purchases in full at this current point in time, or is it just like the right time in your business that you're, you're catching up on, you know, uh, reducing debt as much as possible? Uh, is there a reasoning behind that? Like currently right now where we're sitting in the market, or is it just the perfect time in your business to be paying off these debts guys? silence um i don't know i i I mean honestly when chad said that like i was just thinking about that when chad said that comment last time when we were talking and like don't hide your money but i'll use this for instinct for one week my bank account i couldn't touch my bank account my bank account stopped it freaked me out so i like literally am like i'm on edge for sure of what's happening with the world right now like i'm kind of like chad like thinking for planning for the worst kind of thing that's going to happen in a year or two, because I don't even know what's going on with our banking or anything. You know, it kind of always happens when a war starts too. like everybody kind of starts to freak out a little bit too. So, but I mean, right now it's just, I, I, I want to thrive for if my business does say stop, I'm able to pay bills and be okay with it. But also like Chad's saying, the ones that we owe on, they might ditch with SK 1550. We only owe half on and we could sell for, I think almost what we bought it for because we keep care of our equipment. We maintain our equipment and we don't beat it up. That's the huge thing is you, if 
you maintain your equipment and treat it nicely, you'll get your resale value always, like Chad says, you'll always get more out of it. And if you have that extra cash in the bank to know that you can float those payments if no work is coming, that I mean that that helps you sleep at night. For me at least, right? Like I'm worried about my job sites, but I'm not worried about the money. We have the money. I'm not it would be a terrible thing to wake up and be worried about your productivity on the job and how you're gonna pay stuff. Right? That yeah, that would take all the fun out of contracting for me. Yeah. So um yeah i keep my debt load low and my uh my worry load low i guess is the best way for me to to handle contracting well guys on that note uh it was a great conversation regarding equipment and all things of of what what we talked about here so guys thank you so much for joining me for this roundtable rally this intimate roundtable rally uh guys let me know We'll let our audience know where they can find you online. Any closing comments, remarks, anything you want to leave them with here. Chad, we'll start with you. Hey, Chad from Natural Design Landscapes. Thanks so much. Um, find me on Instagram is probably the best place to find me. Um, any questions, feel free to message me and I'll help you out as best I can. Thanks. Awesome. And on to Evan. Uh, I'm Evan and we are Pride Hardscape and we're out of Oregon and you can find us on Instagram. We do have some YouTube, but not too much. And Facebook. Oh, yeah. Facebook. Big, uh, big, big Facebook following. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can find us there. And thank you, Mike and Chad. It was awesome talking with you guys. Yeah, that was fun. Thank you. Evan, I'm looking forward to more YouTube videos. So keep those, uh, keep that coming, man. Yeah, well, I'll try to get on that. My, I'll, I'll talk to Kaylee on that one. <laughs> so, guys, right, thank you, guys. you so much. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to today's podcast episode. Go give Evan at Pride Hardscape some love and Chad at Natural Design Landscapes some love for joining us here on this roundtable rally talking about equipment. Let us know your thoughts by messaging us at How to Hardscape or at I am a Hardscaper on Instagram or reach out any way you want. And I just want to say thank you for listening to today's episode. Go check out CycleCPA at CycleCPA.com. Mention the How to Hardscape podcast for $200 off bookkeeping, accounting, and CFO services, as well as our new sponsor, InLight Design. Check them out at InLight Design on Instagram and show them some love for supporting the How to Hardscape podcast. And if you're thinking about outdoor lighting this season in your business or already have outdoor lighting incorporated into your business, check out InLight's products for more inspiration and variations of their products to incorporate into your your designs. Once again, thank you everyone for listening to today's episode and we'll catch you next week on the How to Hardscape podcast.